you're fat. So you drink anyone. Maybe if you under show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have a boyfriend. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're not a lesbian. You're the Chargers. I'm not going to be a boyfriend. Welcome to You're Such a Catch. I'm your host, Erin. If you've been tuning in now, you probably know more about me than you bargained for. You know, about my past, my bodily functions, and you've probably even come up with a short list of why you believe I'm single. Please don't tell me if it's a long list. I want to give a shout out to those who've texted me or slid into my DMs to tell me they've been enjoying the podcast. I appreciate the feedback, mostly because this is a process and it does take time. I travel for work and I'm on the road on average three days a week. So when I get back from being on, I just did some sweet air quotes right there, I'm beat and I want to be social and I want to have fun and I want to go to the Charger games on Sunday. But I also need sleep, so it doesn't really leave a lot of time for planning and recording. You know where I'm begging Peter to pay Paul, right? Yeah, that small window of time I had for dating. Now it's being used on the pod. But maybe Peter or Paul are listening and they'll hit a sister up. Do you guys get my humor yet? I thought I nailed that Stormy Daniels joke last week. (laughs) But honestly, I didn't know what was going to happen when I launched this thing. Was it going to be a train wreck? Were my friends and family going to disown me for airing all my dirty laundry? It was a real gamble. Thankfully, my gay husband tossed some bleach my way and said, Bitch, I got you. That's A.A. Ron. You'll get to meet him as soon as he returns from Italy. He took his real-life significant other there on that adventure. I'm not bitter. I actually got the invite but elected not to attend as I just bought a place and trying to save money... And the Charters actually reached out and said, hey, could you please have our number one fan in the stands because our team is sucking this year and we could really use this support. That didn't really happen, but I like to think it did. (laughs) And if I went, this podcast would probably have to abruptly stop. Why? Because some hunky Italian man would have swept me off my feet and I'd probably be spending the rest of my life then in Italy, enjoying pasta, drinking sulfate-free wine, and eating after-dinner gelato. I'd no longer be single, and there'd be nothing for me to talk about. But the good news is, I'm still single, so I have plenty to say. And let's just be real, I'm pretty pot-committed now, so even when I do meet the straight man of my dreams, he'll have to be okay with what we have going on here. If you're tuning in for the first time, here's what you need to know. I'm single. (laughs) I'm single. I live in the greater LA area. I was married at one point in time. My last name was Butts, but I never legally changed it. I swear after episode three aired, I received several text messages that went something like this. Wow, you were married? To which I responded, yep. Then they followed up with, your last name was really Butts? And I replied, well, yes, but I never legally changed it. And then they said, why? Because you knew your marriage wouldn't last? No, silly, because I didn't want assholes like you to tease me. (laughs) In today's episode, we're going to time warp into present day and leave the past behind for a bit. Because as I've mentioned, I've been divorced for 11 years and I'm still single. And it's not for a lack of effort. 
So let's talk about dating in 2019. Specifically, online dating apps and dating in LA. I could probably talk at nauseam about both. Currently on my phone in a folder titled Swipe Right, I have the following apps. Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, Raya, The List, Ship, and Match. If I wanted to download other apps from the cloud <laughs> that I once used and deleted, I could find Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, Coffee Meets Bagel, The League, and eHarmony. And I'm probably forgetting a few also. This is crazy. I have access in my palm to pretty much any single man in the greater Los Angeles area. And I'm still single. How is this possible? So first, let's dissect dating apps in general. Everyone knows Tinder is the hookup app. Convince me otherwise. Bumble, in my humble opinion, has the best looking guys. Are they fake profiles? I couldn't tell you. You know why? Because nobody writes you back on Bumble. <laughs> At least not in LA. I have tested this in other pockets of the country, and I will say guys do write back. In LA, not so much. Hinge for me has offered the most matches and the most conversations. I've been on several dates off the app, and although they haven't really gone anywhere long term, they have led to multiple dates. Now, for those of you who are married, off the market, or lucky enough to never have had to use an app, all these apps are similar in the sense that they provide you with a profile of a prospective match. You can scroll through a few photos, read a little bit about the person, and then determine if they're someone you're interested in. If the other person is also interested, then you're a match. On Hinge and Tinder, either person can write first. On Bumble, the girl initiates the conversation. Hinge and Tinder also let matches linger, whereas Bumble, on the other hand, has a time limit, and if the person doesn't respond, then they're gone forever. Don't worry, they're never gone forever. If you are so self-deprecating, which I have been, you can give them another pass when they show up in your feed the next time you swipe. You may get the same outcome, crickets, but you put yourself out there, twice. I'm going to be honest, I'm not super familiar with the inner workings of Raya, the list or ship. From what I understand, Raya was originally created as a secret app for celebrities. I only know about it because Amy Schumer's ex-boyfriend, you know the really cute guy she dated before she got married? That's how they met. That's a random fact, just wasting space in my brain. Obviously, since I'm on it now, it's no longer just for celebrities, but it does take some vetting to get accepted. You have to receive an invitation and who knows what criteria they use to let you on, but it's different in the sense that you can see guys and girls' profiles regardless of your sexual orientation. Your photos display as a slideshow to a song you pick, and if you're a standout on the app, you probably look like a model in your teeny itty-bitty bikini on holiday in Europe, or you're a blogger and have fab photos in a coffee shop, or maybe you want to show off your sporty side so you have a photo in your color-coordinated sports bra and legging set hiking Runyon Canyon with your adorable puppy. Why do I know so much about girls on Raya, you might ask? Duh, I learned early on that I could size up my competition, and whoa, the stakes are high. Well, if you're into that sort of thing. All the men in LA are into that sort of thing. And I'm going to shoot you straight. I'm more like the Amy Schumer, great personality but loves a burger, than a kale connoisseur. 
maybe if I spent half as much time looking at the female profiles, I could actually meet a nice guy on Raya. It just sucks you in. I mean, some of these women are professional athletes. Some have millions of followers on Instagram. I can't compete with that. The list is new, and I'm excited to learn more about Constance Vision. Constance is the creator of the list, and she lives in the South Bay also. Although I haven't been matched to any of her clients yet, I'm eager to learn more about her vision and how she wants to transform the online dating experience. She is doing some fun events. In fact, she has a speed dating one coming up here in November, if you're interested. I might check it out myself. Ship is a new one I recently downloaded where you can swipe for yourself or swipe for your friends in your circle. I've tried both. Here's the interesting thing. It's odd to swipe right on a guy for you then see the same guy when you're swiping for your friend. There's already a lot of, I've dated him. Oh, I've slept with him. Stay away from him. My friend's sister's cousin dated him. Well, you get my draft. So this kind of just sets the tone for that to happen. And how awkward if you and your friend are both talking to the same guy and he's literally sending you the same message. Come on, we've all seen that cut and paste. In fact, just the other day, I was grabbing brunch with one of my best friends. While we were waiting for our table, she mentioned she matched with a guy and he actually seemed like a cool dude. Coming from her, this was kind of a big deal. She said his name, his rough age range, and where he lived, and I immediately said, let me see his profile. She pulled him up and I'm like, nope, (laughs) let me tell you about this guy. So I told her about my date. We met at Laurel Tavern about a year ago. I remember this date vividly because I walked in and a group of my male coworkers were to the left of the door. When I entered, all I heard was, Aaron, Team Tequila. That's what A.A. Ron and I used to call ourselves in the office. So if that wasn't awkward, I hugged and chatted with these guys prior to meeting my date who was seated at the bar, staring. He watched as the circus went on, but was fine when I finally made my way to the bar to introduce myself. I sat down and ordered a drink. I asked if he was going to get anything, and he said he didn't drink. Odd you to invite someone to a bar, not partake. And I'm not saying he had to have alcohol, but a water, soda, iced tea, something? (laughs) Needless to say, we didn't hit it off. And it also freaked me out that he paid in cash. It made me feel like he was too old for me. No one carries cash anymore, unless they need tip money for their nail girl. Shout out to Nott Nail Garden. (laughs) Or their general manager at one of the dealerships I sell to who feels the need to carry an old school money clip with Benjamins pouring out to impress God knows who. Then they complain about how expensive my products are. Or they're a baby boomer and don't trust ATM machines or Apple Pay. So I haven't even gotten to the best part. We went our separate ways. He still texts and I eventually blocked him. But a few months later, I came across his profile again Only this time, it was a little different. It was a fake profile, but it was obviously created by an emotionally charged woman whom he burned. This is what it read. For the sake of this reading, we'll just call him Sam. Sam, liar cheater of Hermosa Beach, dates multiple women while pretending to be monogamous with you. Expert manipulator will groom you to respect his privacy, has unprotected sex, will steal your time and health to meet his own needs, He claims he is 49, actual age is 59. Another warning from 2015 on datingcomplaints.com. Flight attendant will tell you exactly what you want to hear. Please beware. Who knows if any of that is true, but it scared me away. 
and I definitely wanted to spare my friend the burden of this asshole. For those of you who just typed in datingcomplaints.com into your search bar, sadly it's a dead link. I was really looking forward to some juicy reading material too. I guess my point is, it's a small world. And while we're all online trying to find love, your best friend might think she's finding love with the same guy you are because in today's day and age, you date multiple people and it's public knowledge. Everyone is so accessible. You have a bar in your pocket 24-7. So let's talk about this a little more. With a bar in your pocket, how do you narrow down your prospects? If you were actually in a bar, you'd gravitate to somebody you're attracted to or you think you're attracted to if you have your beer goggles on. It's similar to online, however, we're forgetting online there are algorithms in place. I've never really dug into or explored the algorithms, but decided to do a little investigative work for you, my listeners, specifically with the big three, Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge. Here's what I found. Let's start with Tinder. This is straight from a blog post they put out in March of this year. This is what they said. We prioritize potential matches who are active and active at the same time. We don't want to waste your time showing you profiles of inactive users. We want you chatting and meeting in real life. And there's nothing better than matching and immediately striking up a conversation. Using the app helps you be more front and center, see more profiles, and make more matches. This is the most important part of our algorithm, and it's totally in your control. Let me remind you, Tinder, unlike other apps, only requires users to input their age, distance, and gender preferences. It doesn't look at a compatibility score. As I'm digesting how this app works, I'm thinking, no wonder why this is a hookup app. It's only matching people based on attraction. And the more attractive you are, meaning the more people that swipe right on you, the more likes you get, the more your profile is shown to increase potential matches with others. I already recognize this wasn't the app for me. However, I never gave myself a fighting chance either. I'm rarely on the apps, and apps are hard work. If you're not swiping regularly, your profile isn't shown and therefore you won't get a lot of likes, meaning you won't be shown often to others. The only way for someone who is like me and consistent to do well on Tinder is to have half-naked photos on their profile to encourage right swipes. Okay, that's a little bit extreme and something I'm not going to test, but I predict this would work. Or you have to pay to play. You can buy boosts, five or 10 at a time, and Tinder will boost your profile. I've never tried this either. If you're a daredevil and want to test any of these theories, DM me, please. On to Bumble. I found an article about Bumble's algorithm from Elite Daily written in February of this year. Why haven't I researched this before? Fascinating. So although Bumble is very secretive about their algorithm, the article provides some tips which will help encourage matches. Starting with, making sure your first photo is a picture of only you. Bumble says having friends in your other photos is fine, but your first photo should be solo, clear, not blurry, and you should be looking at the camera. These things seem so obvious, but I'm guessing some of us are missing the mark. I recently posted a profile of a guy I came across on Bumble on my Snuffling Queen Instagram. It was a photo of him and his hot friend. He's hidden behind his friend and actually used an arrow to indicate which one he was. Bumble is saying, don't do that. And I'm saying this poor guy had to be getting this opening line from every girl out there. Who's your hot friend? Or they made a mistake and actually thought they were swiping on the hot guy. 
Bumble also promotes a good bio. They want you to essentially sell yourself. They suggest you don't leave it blank. It appears as if Bumble rewards those who are putting forth effort, and according to the article, if you're attractive, again, meaning you receive several likes, you're going to show up more. There's also some speculation around them not necessarily showing you who you want to see. For example, and this rings true to my experience, if I say I'm only interested in guys who are 5'11 or taller, they're still going to give me the option and allow me to swipe on a guy who's 5'8. Maybe they know if they allowed us to narrow it down to the nitty-gritty, we'd actually never find somebody who met all of our criteria. One difference from Tinder is even if you haven't swiped in a long time or you're an infrequent swiper like myself, your profile is still being shown to others. I can vouch for this too, as if I haven't been on in a while, I will get a notification, something like, you're so special, X number of people want to meet you on Bumble. On a later episode, we'll have to discuss what actually gets returned response on Bumble, because that seems more of a mystery than their algorithm. Lastly, Hinge. Hinge's algorithm is supposed to match you with people who meet your preferences and you meet theirs. Every day they show you your most compatible match. I receive these sometimes and laugh. I think one time they showed a kid who was 19 and said he was my most compatible. I do do well with the youngsters here. I don't know how that works either since I have my age range set for 33 to 45 and I still get matched with guys who are 24 to 28. But for my research, they do take a lot of information you input when you set up your profile, like ethnicity, religion, political views, those type of things into consideration. Hinge also has you answer three questions when you're building your profile. For instance, the three I answered were, I'm weirdly attracted to, hands, typical Sunday, if the Chargers are at home, I'm at the game, if they're away, I'm couchbound, glued to the TV. After work, you can find me up in the gym working on my fitness. The app uses something called the Gale Shapely algorithm to match you with people it thinks you would best connect with. The algorithm in general takes two things, in Hinge's case, two people, and gives them a set of preferences. For example, the three questions you answered and your basic information. It then matches you with someone else based on your set of preferences, or rather, how you answer the questions you were prompted with and how your most compatible match answers theirs. Maybe this is why I find more success with Hinge and why Hinge has led to more dates. It's considering more than just my popularity with likes and swipe rates. What I also gathered is the more information you provide the app, the smarter it will be when matching you. It continually refreshes or updates like an iPhone. You just gotta make sure you're on the latest operating system. They also ask, which I can attest to, whether or not you met someone. If you say yes, they'll ask a follow-up question. Again, gathering more data to improve future matches, if needed. I will say their tagline, designed to be deleted, is huge if you're really looking to meet someone. Let me know what apps you use, which ones you've seen success on, and which you think are time vampires. I'm dying to know. Have you ever heard of Amy Webb? She led a TED Talk in 2013. It's fascinating, and I'm obsessed with it. Amy was just like me, single, busy, trying to find her Prince Charming. She does this fun exercise where she calculates exactly how many men where she lives in Philadelphia are a potential match for her. She's good at math. I was trying to figure out, well, what's the probability of my finding Mr. Wright? Well, at the time, I was living in the city of Philadelphia, and uh, it's a big city, and I figured 
you know, in this entire place, there are lots of possibilities. So again, I start doing some math. Um, <laughs> population of Philadelphia uh, has 1.5 million people. Figure about half of that are men, so that takes the number down to 750,000. I'm looking for a guy between the ages of 30 and 36, which uh, was only 4% of the population, so now I'm dealing with the possibility of 30,000 men. I was looking for somebody who is Jewish, because that's what I am and it was important to me. It's only 2.3% of the population. I figure I'm attracted to maybe one out of 10 of those men. Uh, and there was n you know, no way I was going to deal with somebody who was an avid golfer. Um, <laughs> so that basically meant there were 35 men for me that I could possibly date in the entire city of Philadelphia. In the meantime, my very large Jewish family uh, was already all married and start well on their way to having lots and lots of children. And I felt like I was under tremendous peer pressure to get my life going already. So if I have two possible strategies at this point, I'm sort of figuring out one, I can take my grandmother's advice and sort of least expect my way into maybe bumping into the one out of 35 possible men in the entire 1.5 million <laughs> person city of Philadelphia, or I could try online dating. Then she builds her online profile. She realizes that the algorithms are too vague. She then creates her own. She's smart. She legit had a Google Doc she took on dates with her to collect data points. Then she determined how many data points a man needed to meet to be her potential match. What she didn't consider is she could find the perfect man, and he might not match her in return. So she continued her research building male profiles and taking note of the women these profiles attracted. I'm not going to give away her entire TED Talk, but go listen to it. If you're single, it's a trip. If you're married or in a long-term relationship, listen anyways. It'll make you appreciate finding your partner even more. I'll post a link on my website, youresuchacatch.com. The last thing I want to bring up is geography. If you don't live in LA, you can't relate to this. But if you live in LA, this is going to ring very true. It is nearly impossible to date someone who lives more than five miles away from you. And here's why. Traffic. As we've discussed, people are busier than ever these days. Relationships need to be easy. If you match with someone and they're more than five miles away in LA, it could take you hours, <laughs> hours during certain times of the day to meet up. And I'm not saying this to be dramatic, but more so realistic. Get back on San Vicente, take it to the 10, then switch over to the 405 North and let it dump you out into Mulholland where you belong. At this time of day, it's gonna be John. All the way on the other side of the 10. It's almost Long Beach, man. Store, I know a shortcut through El Segundo. Take the 105 West and exit on Calva. When you see the Zanko chicken on the left, turn right. Take Venice and follow it all the way down. Then you're in Marina Del Rock. I once matched with a guy I named Dr. McDreamy on Tinder. He worked at UCLA Medical Center. We had great conversation, but when it came to meeting up and I said where I live, he said, you might as well be in Seattle. And he was right. It's not sustainable. You can try. You can do the late night thing, weekend thing, meet halfway thing. But it's a lot of effort. Too much effort for a first date. I want to know your thoughts on this too. Am I being too narrow-minded? What do you have your distance set to? Do you swipe on trips and when you're out of town? I will say I've done this, but again, I'm inconsistent. 
So it's always annoying when I get back into town and swipe and all the men I like who liked me back now live over 500 miles away because they're in another city. Wah, wah, wah. Thanks for tuning in to You're Such a Catch. Feel free to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at You're Such a Catch. No apostrophe. Also, don't forget to check out Amy's TED Talk. I've linked it in my website, you'resuchacatch.com. And don't worry, friend. I get on the 405 at rush hour to see you. No questions asked. <laughs>